Welcome to Color Me Dead. This is a true crime podcast, and we talk about murder and fuckery most foul in detail while using the darkest of humor. If you don't like words like fuck and cunt, then you probably shouldn't listen. But if you do, then join us while we fuck your feelings. Welcome back to Color Me Dead. This is episode 147, Survivor Stories. Yes. But before we tell you some Survivor Stories... Angel has some shit to tell you. <laughs> if you guys want to check us out on social media, please do so. You can be ignored at Twitter. Uh, sorry, you can be ignored on Twitter at at Color Me Dead Pod. You can find us at Gory underscore Nikki at Color Me Dead Angel at Color Me Dead Podcast on Instagram. You can find Color Me Dead Podcast on Facebook. And the group is called CMD Reborn. The Zuck taketh away and the Gory Girls giveth back. As long as they don't shut us down again. They got, I can't believe that they fucking tagged us for a Dude. goddamn gray sweat. So everybody knows it's gray sweatpants season. And if you're not one of the females that enjoys this season. Perhaps or males. Sit, it doesn't, or whatever, dude, or the males that don't enjoy it. A human. Just, just fucking sit this one out and let the rest of us fucking enjoy it, all right? Don't um, report our swinging dicks. There wasn't even did. a swinging. It was fucking Facebook. Ugh. Facebook algorithm said that it violated standards. It's so stupid. Anyway, whatever. Whatever. So, also, go check us out at ageofradio.org. Um, if you guys want to check us out at ageofradio.org slash dead, you can go there. You can shop the bazaar, listen to all of our episodes. You can check out other shows that are in the syndicate. And you can hit that great big Patreon button and donate. If you'd like to donate to the cause, you can do that there. Or you can do it through Patreon. Color Me Dead. No. Patreon.com slash dead podcast. Uh, you can donate a dollar up to 75. You get perks as low as a dollar all the way up to 75. You get um, episodes when they... What is wrong? Episodes. What the fuck is wrong with my mouth? I'm not sure. Uh, if you guys want to make that donation to Patreon, if not, if you want to go and pick up some merch, you can do so at Threadless. Colormedeadpod.threadless.com uh, If you're looking for very specific or very unique or very limited, Color Me Dead and other personalized gifts, you can do so at lagracreations.com. And there's a button right up top. If you'd like Color Me Dead merch, you can get it there. Buy it. She also does um, personalized, custom, whatever the fuck you want. Badass shit. My house is full of it. If you guys want to get in touch with us, you can do so at colormedeadpodcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to mail us things, you can do that as well at P.O. Box 1610, Vernal, Utah, 84078. The fan box. To the fan box! Send shit to the fan box. All right. So I'm going to start first mm-hmm. with a story from a listener whose name we will not say. Um, it's called, her title is Surviving Six Years of Hell with the Devil. So that tells you how well her six years went. I don't like it. That's never a good sign. It says, hey girls, I first want to point out that your podcast gives me so many good feels. And even though you're discussing pretty heavy things, you still manage to make me laugh. So thank you for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. We're, we're just assholes. We're funny uh, assholes. Dude, no, it's kidding. literally like, 
if I didn't have dark humor, like I probably wouldn't have made it this far. Mm. Like maybe one day we'll sit down and um, I'll tell you all about my childhood. So we were watching <laughs> Dexter the other day and he drops a body part, a leg, like a, a chunk of a leg. And Calvin was watching it with me and we both start cracking up and then we stop and look at each other and he's like, what's wrong with us? <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't know, but that was funny. He totally just dropped a leg. <laughs> I was like, I think that was meant to be funny, but if not, we're just dickheads. I'm not sure. Anyway, going back at the ranch. This is going to be a little long, but try to I'll try to keep it short. All I ask is that you don't use my name in case this guy happens to be listening. If you're listening, fuck you, sir. I also... <laughs> fuck you, sir. sir. <laughs> we'll wrap this up real professional. Yes. We'll put a bow on it and everything. Fuck you, sir. Sir. I also want to provide a trigger warning as this has lots of sexual abuse. Go ahead. Without further ado, I started dating this guy in high school and at first everything was flowers and sunshine. Like it always is in these kind of relationships. It always is. Then those pretty flowers. But them roses really smell like poo. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Then these, those pretty flowers turned into weeds as this guy's mask came off. Hmm. All too familiar. He coerced me into having sex with him, and I was so not ready for it. But a 17-year-old me was more concerned about having him break up with me and telling everyone in school that I was a virgin than the obvious red flag. Side note, I should have held that door open and kicked his ass out. Yes, you should have, and always teach your daughters that if a guy tells you he's going to break up with you if you don't bang him, don't bang him. Break up with him. Break Bye. up with him first. Fuck. Fucking rocks. But I did the same thing at the same age. And he still broke up with me. Like, <laughs> sorry. It wasn't that good. I was new. I was new at it. Anyway. Shortly after that, things escalated. He tied me up without my consent and said he liked it when I struggled and told me it was BDSM and that he would let his fucking family in the room while I was in the state. He laughed and thought it was funny. He sounds sweet. Jesus. That just made me sad and sick. Dude. I became the center for all of the problems in our relationship. He blamed me for everything. He told me I wasn't who he thought I was and said I needed to pray, forced me to go to church, and actually held me down by the throat and prayed on me. Like, prayed on her. That's interesting. What the hell? And he had me so fucking brainwashed and beat down that I truly believed that I was the reason for our fights, and I was always apologizing. Uh, uh, sorry, apologizing. Um, this is a common practice in relationships like this. They make you feel like the crazy one. They mm-hmm. make you feel like everything is your problem. Um, even now that it's a year after I finally got out, I still apologize for everything. I was a free spirit before I met him. I loved goth culture, art, etc. I didn't even give a fuck what anyone thought of me. I was quirky and weird, and he took all of that away. I no longer wanted to create because my soul was being destroyed. I no longer felt free-spirited because he had me in an, an invisible cage. I tried leaving, and he told me I'd never find anyone like him. That sounds, that sounds encouraging, very... actually. <laughs> So thank God. Incredibly familiar. You're never going to find anybody like me. Um, Fuck, I hope not. 
oh yeah, and the you'll never find anybody that loves you like I do, mm-hmm. or you'll never find anybody that will put no up with you. No one is ever gonna love you the way I do, and nobody's gonna put up with your shit. You're crazy. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you should just stay with me. Oh yeah, we've we've heard it all. He told me I'd come crawling back. He slammed me against the wall. Yeah, this sounds so. Besides the BDSM shit, this sounds sickly familiar with. He said all that shit, did all that shit. Eventually, he made me stop wearing makeup unless we were going out together. He said I didn't need to wear it because I didn't need other guys looking at me. Were you married? Is this my ex-husband? Please tell me. My, my first ex-husband. His, what is his name? Does he <laughs> live in Vernal, Utah? God. <clears throat> he started going through my phone and woke me up scream, or woke me up screaming at me when he saw old friends liking my post. Fast forward uh, to a week before I left him. He came over to my house and raped me. Literally told me he would stop when he's done despite my attempts to push him off. Afterwards, he yelled at me and told me not to bother calling the police because nobody would believe me. I nearly threw up in the sink and he yelled at me again, telling me it's not like he raped me. And even though I knew what had just happened, I told him to get out. And then I went on acting like nothing happened. I broke up with him and cut him off and went on. For six months after that, he harassed me, showed up at my work, messaged my family, left voicemails, made fake accounts, anything you can imagine, called me petty and said I broke, with him, broke up with him for a petty reason. It only stopped when I threatened to go to the police. It has been several years since I last heard from him, and now, uh, now I'm facing what happened and allowing myself to heal from it. I am with a supportive and loving guy who knows everything, and he is encouraging me to create again. He is igniting the flame that my ex smothered. For the first time in nearly 10 years, I feel strong and empowered and closer to myself. Again, only, I don't think I'll ever be the girl I was before that experience. Before, I was a naive girl who knew about this stuff and was aware of violence against women, but I didn't think it would ever be me. I never thought I'd be among the statistics. As a young woman who has been through it and who has finally accepted it, I know now that evil men can be the guy sitting next to you in class, the friendly co-worker who always smiles you, or even your lover with whom you share a bed. I know better now, and I wear a shield of armor because I'm not a victim but a warrior. Thank you for reading my long-ass email, and I hope you I and I really do hope you decide to share it on your survivor stories. Again, all I ask is you don't use my name. I hope you guys keep rocking it and telling amazing stories. So, I have a small thought to add to that. Hmm. There's a lot of us that have been through uh, relationships where they just tear you out, make you feel like a complete ass and complete shit. Anybody who's in that spot right now or wanting to get out my advice to you is to go work on yourself first before you get into another relationship go to therapy go work on yourself and your own happiness because nobody can bring you happiness but yourself somebody else can help enhance your happiness another person can but my advice I'm not shaming anybody that goes into another relationship right after because you know that's fine If that's what you chose to do. But my advice being, go to therapy, work on yourself, try to get yourself better, more confident, happy with yourself before moving on. Because that will make your next relationship so much more 
Fulfilling. Fulfilling. That was the word I was looking for. Just my armchair diagnosing. <laughs> hey, I know that I'm no clinician. <laughs> I did not go to school, but I do go to a lot of fucking therapy, okay? Hey, I'm no clinician, but I went to rehab once, and when I was in rehab, I pretty my much became an expert. Said- <laughs> That's what I always tell people when I'm talking to them. I'm like, you know, I go to enough therapy that I'm a fucking I'm expert. I'm basically okay. also a therapist. Tell me your problem. I will fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix your problems. It's just my, my, my opinion from my own experiences. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Are you so ready? So ready. Okay. Hello, ladies. I wanted to share my survivor story. I love your podcast, and I often joke that you ladies are both sides of my personality. Hmm. I fucking hope not. (laughs) God, what a twisted person. (laughs) God bless you. I'm so sorry. I do ask that I stay anonymous simply because he still lives in the town I do, and I still have contact with his ex-sister-in-law. Preface. You want to preface this? A preface. A preface. Preface. I'd like to preface it, please. When I was 18, I made quite a few bad choices. Dude. Word life. Same. (laughs) Ditto. Skittles. Got it. (laughs) Check. (laughs) Make. (laughs) I could. Sorry. I'm like literally just shotgunning all the horrible shit I did at 18 through my brain right now. And I'm like. (laughs) Right. Impressive. It's very impressive. Fuck, Now that's fucking impressive. <laughs> what did you do? I don't want to tell you. I don't want to tell you. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Not no. today. When I was 18, I made quite a few bad choices. I quit a decent job as a department manager for Walmart. I hooked up with a piece of shit, smooth talker, and I took off to Reno, where we bounced around from house to house. I was pressured into trying cocaine. I finally opened my eyes two months later and found my way back home. Thereafter, I shortly discovered I was pregnant. Bummer. Oh. I lost all of my mom's trust and I was only allowed at her house to sleep. I finally grew the lady balls to tell her I was expecting, to which she said, rightfully so, so I'm not mad at it at all, that I was getting an abortion or I was getting kicked out. She wanted nothing to do with him or the relationship between us. I scheduled an appointment after I got a job at a local drilling company and never spoke to him again. I was in a very very vulnerable state at that point in my life. I can imagine. Mm-hmm. In 2018, it was my my job to pick up parts for the warehouse. So, <clears throat> uh, for the warehouse. So, on one of my runs, I stopped to pick up stuff at this company. Not going to name them because I love the owners and it's not their fault. They hired a fucking psycho. That's fair. I spoke to Nathan, got the parts, went to the warehouse, and a short while later, I received a message on Facebook. It was Nathan. We started talking on Facebook. He looked familiar, but I couldn't place him. Come to find out, he is the nephew to my mom's best friend. We went on a date, and it was the sweetest ever. He knew all of the right things to say and to get me to fall for him. About a month later, I moved in. Four seasons, assholes. I'm not mad at you, but I'm going to tell you. You don't cohabitate with people unless you have been with them for four seasons. The only time I ever cohabitated with someone that I wasn't married to, it was after a month. How'd that work out for you? It was Clint. So. <laughs> I don't know Four yet. seasons! <laughs> the rule is, okay, this is where um, Smother Angel is going to tell you. Four seasons! You must. Yeah. 
Every single time. Well, the first time I did four seasons and that didn't do anything. So I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. I just don't. I'm not a chronic. I don't like to move in with people. I like my own fucking space. Mm. It took me until I was 34 years old to settle down. Yeah. So you're kind of singing to the choir. Yeah. Four seasons. This is the rule. You listen and you listen good. You listen to me. Smother angel. Listen to the smother. The smother says Let me me smother you with my wisdom and knowledge. But make sure you live with each other for four seasons multiple times before you get married because you want to know. Yes. What is I'm, in there? So, and if you guys are unfamiliar with the four seasons, you must be with a person through all four seasons before committing to cohabitating. Then you must cohabitate for at least four seasons before you fucking get married. Because a person is not the same person in summer as they are in the winter. And a person that... You know, you you need to be able to witness a person in all four seasons. Well, and if there's something tragic that happened in their life at a certain time of the year and they go weird. Why do you think I fucking hate Christmas? I hate Christmas. Yeah. And there's something bad happened. And say Spencer didn't know about that. And he was like, oh, everything was fine till we got to Christmas. What the fuck? And now my my sweetheart hates fucking Christmas. She won't talk to me. She's ruined it for everybody. You know what I mean? Like, you really do need to, like, four seasons, dude. Know somebody for four seasons. Get to know them. Like, you think you know so much about a person and you might be, like, wildly attracted to another human being. And in three months, you're like, dude, I want to be with you for the rest of my life. And fucking home skillet's like, I also want to be with you for the rest of my life. And you motherfuckers don't know shit about each other. And I say this with all the love and respect, and this is normally how I would talk to every single one of my friends. So don't feel, please don't feel like I'm like shitting on you for sharing your story. And I talk like this to you. This is exactly how I talk to Nikki. That's yeah. why I also have one fucking friend. <laughs> two. <laughs> two friends. Ah, ah, ah. You and Karen, that's fucking it. The other one's married to me and can't get away. So he, he can't leave. He can't. All of our DVDs are mixed up, Nikki. We, he can't just leave. For real, though. That's a real, that's a real that's a talk. Real thing. Because that would be a fight, I think. I mean, we did get divorced, but I kept all the DVDs, but we also share house and it's, you know. But if we ever did have to separate our DVDs. Be some shit. What if we had to split Amazon accounts? What Holy the fuck? fuck, what would we do? Do you understand? See? I See, guys, how four many, seasons. How many people put that in their divorce decree? What? Did they get to keep the Amazon account? Yeah. Because that's some real shit. I don't know. Because I have hundreds of dollars of movies on there, but he bought half of them. Fuck that. It's your name. It's your name. It's your account. Fuck you. We just shared it. Except because. except I now am like, fuck, I have a ton of shit in our iTunes account, and that's his name. <laughs> I know. You're like, wait. Fuck, oh, fuck. shit. We're no, reel it back. All right. So... Looking back, that was way too fast. Everything was great for the first six months. It always fucking is, because you mm-hmm. only made it halfway. Halfway. Partway, partway. Two seasons. That's only two of the four. You were halfway. <laughs> okay. One day, I had an old guy friend text me and asked to hang out. I said, no, I'm with my boyfriend's kids. And that was the end of the conversation. Come to find out, his oldest daughter was texting him a different story. Every Friday and Saturday night, he went to the bars while I was watching his kids. He supposedly would have guys 
come up to him and tell him how they fucked me. And then he would call me, tell me the story and proceed to tell me what a whore I was and scream at me all night while he was drinking. Oh, good. Oh, fucking. That's awesome. What a precious fella. Oh, my God. The sweetest. He would get home and yell at me until I lost my shit and I was screaming and crying. The second I got to that point, he was fine and I was the crazy. Oh, my God. Mm. Always. Fuck. When we lose our shit, we're the crazy ones. Here, let me badger you. D- fucking you twat. Here, let me pester you and molester you until you fucking snap. And then you're crazy. And then, you know what? Get out of I'm not going to hit you. You're in my face screaming at me, acting all fucking crazy, but I'm not going to do what you want me to do, and I'm not going to hit you. What? You have badgered me for six fucking hours, and you finally got the reaction that you fucking wanted. You were bored. Now I'm angry, and now we're going to fucking fight. You wanted my attention? Here it is. God damn it. And you want to make me out to be the goddamn crazy person? Ew. Fuck. I hope you choke on a chicken bone, you skinny piece of shit. Looking like an emaciated Slim Shady. Sorry. I'm going off on my own fucking tangent. And it would be because he had pestered me into fucking exploding. And then he wanted to make sure... That everybody knew in the house, because he had roommate, he had a roommate, and his roommate's girlfriend was over, that I was the one that was being the psychopath, and that I was the reason that, you know, things weren't working out because I was so aggressive. But never mind that I was laying down in the middle of a fucking Crohn's flare-up. My stomach fucking hurts. But you weren't paying attention to him, and that's why he did it. Yep. Because I went through the same shit with some, with, yeah. (gasps) Same shit. I am so glad he doesn't drink anymore. I don't miss that guy. Fuck. Or not... He right, drinks, right, right, but right. you know, it just, it, it got like there. Mm-hmm. I hated that guy. So back at the ranch, let's get back to somebody else's story. This is not my story. It's just incredibly while I watched his kids, bitch, I was there fucking with ya. I did the same fucking shit. Sorry. Mm-mm. All right. So the second that I got to that point, he was fine because I was the crazy one. This went on for the next six months. There was at one point where we were arguing and he locked me out of the house. It was either fall or spring. I don't really remember. He opened the door and pushed me down on the concrete because I was yelling to be let back in so I could get a jacket and shoes. This resulted in my leg getting chewed up by the fucking concrete on his patio. I now have a huge scar on my leg from that ordeal. I was continually called a whore and that I was fucking every person with a penis at the warehouse. Maybe you should have. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd hate to make a fucking liar out of you. Maybe you should have. Yeah. It could have been awesome. He made a point. He made it a point during the whole relationship um, that I was to please him and satisfy him regardless of how I felt. Tired, sick, or on my period every month while I was on my period, I would have to give him head until he finished in my mouth or I wasn't allowed, and I wasn't allowed to spit. I had to swallow. Uh. I mean, for some people, that's good, but not me. Uh, To each their own, but nobody should be made to do anything. Yeah, I didn't want anybody to think I was judging when I said, uh, just being forced to do something. Yes. I'm not, you don't get to fucking make me do anything. No, if I I want to do it, I'll do it. Right. But don't tell me I'm going to do it. That's fucking, no. 
I lost my job at the drilling company and I was told that I am to use my unemployment for groceries and toys for him and his kids. The mental abuse proceeded, continued and proceeded to get worse. Multiple times he cornered, he cornered me and screamed at me saying that he would end me. Oh, he could end me if he wanted to. Every single time his kids were home, his oldest daughter called the cops a few times. When they would arrive, I was told I would tell them that we were just arguing and that everything was fine and not to fill out a report. Once they left, he would apologize and act like he was sorry and have sex uh, with me thinking that would make up for it. Yes, because really, that's what makes it better. And the, yeah, the way that you force it on me, that makes me want it. Yes. And to make things better that Let way. Let me yes, tell please. you how my body aches to be near yours when you force me to fucking do things for you. Fucking bite it off. Do me a favor and go find this guy and bite him. Actually, I have new teeth. With fangs. Little ones. They're not as fangy as I wanted them to be. They're pretty, though. I know, and I like them. And they are fucking sharp, too. Are like, they? Yeah. And they're, bite so they're them. not porcelain. They're cubic zirconia. They're actually, like, strong as fuck. Like, I have little Ginsu knives in my mouth, dude. I can bite this shit. I accidentally over, over bit. I bite. People know this about me. I like to bite. Yeah. I bit the shit out of my husband's nipple. Oh. And I did not mean to. Like, it was not. I really, I have brand new fancy teeth. Maybe, maybe, sweetheart, you need to, like, hit me up on Instagram and actually tell me who this is. And I'll, like, just go find him all willy-nilly and be like, tink, 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 like, tap him on the fucking shoulder. And then, like, bite, no, like, bite his rib meat. Mm. Like, all hard and shit. And then if he, like, goes to swap me, have Spencer grab him and just, like, bunk, 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 bunk. <laughs> stretch that motherfucker's neck for me bonk him on the head and b- little bunny foo foo running <clears> through <throat> the forest yep sorry back to the ranch sorry 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 so i got a job at a <clears throat> at a car dealership in town things seemed to have calmed down a bit at home we would still argue and fight but nothing more than mental abuse sweetie mm-hmm. she nothing. says i was numb to it at this point at the dealership, I met a mechanic who became a very close friend, and I'm still friends with this person today. Well, he didn't like the fact that I became friends with a male. No, he wouldn't. They never, they never do. They never do. He, you know what's funny? Is when a man is secure in his woman and secure in the relationship, they don't give a fuck who you're friends with. Mm-mm. He would repeatedly tell me that I was fucking him and that I was a whore. He would make me strip down after work so that he could check my vagina to see if I had been fucked that day. Wow. I've had someone sniff my underwear, but never quite that far. I actually know somebody that had to put up with this with their ex-husband. After two years of hearing the bullshit, I... I broke and finally made his statements correct. I ended up sleeping with this person. We were arguing one day after work and it escalated. He kept accusing me of fucking every single person at the dealership. I finally confessed to the one person I really wished I hadn't. And I really wished I hadn't done that. His eyes went black and dead and I didn't know who was in the room with me. He was screaming at me so loud I couldn't understand what he was saying. He went to the bedside, grabbed his pistol, loaded one in the chamber and came at me. He grabbed me by the throat and put the gun to my forehead and kept telling me that he can take me out of this world and no one will find me. He'll cut up my body and spread my parts between here and Vegas. He eventually threw himself into a panic attack and said he was having a heart attack. That's unfortunate he fucking didn't. For real. 
He told me that I would have to take him to the hospital because this is my fault. And like an idiot, I took him to the hospital. No, you're not an idiot, dude. Like, I get it. Don't, yeah, don't be hard on yourself because they put you in a mindset. Right. That makes your decision making not the best. It's okay to help people even though people were going to hurt you. Yes. So it says more about your character. Yes. We continued to argue, but quietly, because he didn't want anyone to know what was happening. Once he calmed down, we were able to go home. The next morning, he was super sweet. We both called in sick. He called the dealership and started telling everyone who would listen that I fucked this person and that I am a whore. This cost me my job a few days after I went back to work. Um, This cost me my job a few days after I went back to work. I sat in the chair, numb, and confessed as to what happened last night, my forehead was bruised like a motherfucker. You could see the shape of the barrel of the gun in my forehead and fingerprints on Jesus my neck. Jesus Christ. I don't wear a lot of makeup, so I couldn't hide I couldn't hide them for work the next day. When I went to work, no one said anything, but everybody knew. After he cost me my job, I knew that I needed to get out. I kept in contact with the friend from the dealership. And if it wasn't for the things they did, I wouldn't be here today. He bought me a burner phone to make sure that... He knew where the house was. He met me down the road and gave me gave me the phone and made sure that it was on and activated. He kept it on the whole time. I used it to keep in contact with my mom and my now neighbor who I've known for 20 my neighbor who I've known for 20 years. Oh, so somebody that is like now her neighbor. Now her neighbor, but she's known for a long time. Yeah. I couldn't decide if that's where she was going or if she was trying to say now known for 2 years. I wasn't very smart in hiding my contact with the outside world. He found some conversations in my email and lost his shit yet again before he went to work. This time he threw me in his bedroom, grabbed a gun, loaded it, put it to my forehead, put his hand around my throat again. I'm not sure how long I was unconscious, but I remember seeing my father, who's been deceased for 16 years at this point. Then I started getting this feeling of needles all over my body. It was the oxygen returning to my brain. I was on the bed staring at the ceiling fan and I thought I was dead for a minute. He immediately began apologizing and even cried. I was so angry, but felt so helpless as ever. The arguing and mental abuse stopped, but the physical didn't stop, but the physical abuse stopped for a time being. A few weeks later, I tried to have a backbone and started pushing back when he would put me down or call me names. I even tried to leave. As I left the house, he grabbed my hair and threw me to the ground and put his knee on my chest throat area. I tucked my chin so hard I had a rug burn from his jeans. He flipped me over put his hands behind my back and hogtied me with a dog leash. Thankfully, I'm stocky and I have strong legs. I kicked my legs until I got out of the leash. He grabbed my throat and threw me on the couch. As I sat there, he threw the phone at me and told me that I needed to call and tell his wife that he is going to be late picking up the kids. I tried to call 911. It rang once. He saw what I was doing. He grabbed the phone and hung up and turned the phone off. He got my wife... He got in my face and whispered, if you call 911, you'll be dead before they get here and no one will find you. There wasn't a soul in his eyes at all. My stomach sank and a shiver ran down my spine. When the kids were picked up, I acted like everything was okay because they don't need to be involved or see what's going on. A few months later, I got a job at Fast and All. I loved the job and I excelled at it when he wasn't calling the store or my cell phone. When I was promoted to outside sales, I had to text him every single street I was on, every single customer I was going to. Good Lord. This fucking guy. For real. I had to keep my phone on me at all times. This eventually costed me my job. On top of him sneaking in the back door and watching me at work or prank calling the store and hanging up. I lost my job the last week of May 2017. 
Luckily, I made connections and was offered a job before I was fired. I went to the expo we have in town every year and I met a potential new job. He had a friend go with me. Turned out she was sleeping with him all along with countless other girls and strippers in town. Huh. Everything was fine until the concert on Thursday. Went to a dinner before and we were drinking. I'd never had three whiskey and sprites hit me so hard after eating. I'm pretty sure he drugged me. We were enjoying the concert. I was dancing around with um, I was dancing around with everybody. My old word old oh god. My old coworker, whom he hated, came up and was dancing with me. That set him off. He ripped the phone out of my pocket and started texting, pretending to be me. Okay, so the old, um, I'm assuming this was the old co-worker. So mm-hmm. says he started texting her pretending to be me. She was higher in the stands and saw him texting me, so she ignored it. He was being an asshole, so I told him I was going to go sleep in the Jeep and he could find his way home. He followed me. And when nobody was around, he pushed me up against the building said some bullshit to me and grabbed my arm and drug me to the Jeep. He threw me inside, shut the door on my leg and yelled at me to get my fat ass inside. And he got on the driver's side. When I got in, I tried to get out. Thank God for manual locks and windows. And when I tried to get out, he put me in a chokehold and punched me in the head multiple times and told me to shut the fucking door and took off. I pleaded with him to let me go so I could shut the door. Thankfully, He let me go and I rolled the window down. He told me that today is my last day alive and I won't see the light of day tomorrow. I'm a worthless whore that nobody will miss. And I spotted a truck with their window down and I screamed that he's going to kill. I screamed, he's going to kill me. Please help. They called the cops and followed us until the cops got there. I was so scared. I was going to go. I thought I was going to go to jail. So I didn't tell them anything that happened. I just told them that I didn't want anything to do with him and that he wasn't allowed to drive my vehicle. I had to reset the phone at this point so he didn't have access to my stuff. After the cop parked my Jeep, I grabbed my burner phone and called my friend to come and pick me up. Crashed at her house and she brought me into town the next morning. Called the cops for a civil standby in case he was home. He wasn't, thankfully. I packed my shit and left. I'm so th- I am so thankful that I survived, but he's still out there. I haven't seen him in person in three years, but it's a smallish town and I know it's bound to happen. Had severe PTSD and said, fuck it, I need to do something about it and started training jujitsu six months after. I left him. It's been the best thing for me. My confidence is back and I'm not, afraid of, I'm not as afraid of him. I know he's a fucktard and he isn't man enough to confront me. Thanks for reading my super lengthy story. I know I left out a lot of details, but I think I blocked a lot of this out. So I think the beginning of that story, the date was a little bit off because we went to 2016 and then 2017, but it, that's okay. I'm just glad that you're okay and that you're doing great and that you've made progress. And that you haven't had to see the fuck face. Yeah, man. Good job on getting... Getting some jujitsu under your belt. Yeah. Glad you're all right. All right. Our next story is from another anonymous human. Hello. Anonymous human. Hello, anonymous human. However, it says, sorry, it's so long. I left names out. I don't even know where to start. I guess you could say that my story is quite unique. I'm a survivor of domestic abuse with a twist of the paranormal. Do, 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 do. Is that the right song? What is that sound? Yeah, okay. I always do the wrong song at the wrong time. We met in 2017. As usual, in the beginning, he was sweet as pie. Movie dates, dinner dates, so attentive, and when we weren't around each other, we were still communicating. His family life was far from sweet. His mother was an abusive alcoholic, and his father was disabled. Both were ex-crank 
sorry, crackheads. He and his he and his siblings suffered dearly from um, from this in their younger years, as you could imagine. He was once used as collateral because his parents stole crack from the dealer. Yes, the dealer took him while his parents figured out how to repay. Holy fucking shit. That's how much you get into drugs, I guess. They're like, here, take this kid. I don't want to talk about that shit. No. He confessed to me that said dealer treated him better than his parents. Obviously, if they're going to give you as collateral. That's the fucked up shit. Like, apparently that's a pretty common practice for parents just to pony up a child and be like, here, you can have this. It can cook. It can clean. And I mean, if you really want to, you can fuck it. But uh, here's this for you. God. No, that shit happens all the fucking time. It's disgusting. It does. It really does. Like, that's that's what drugs do to people. Mm -hmm. Don't do drugs. Don't. Please don't. For the love of God. Dare. Um, their punishment was often kneeling on rice. They were made to clean bathrooms with bleach and ammonia. If they passed out, they were woken up with a wire hanger. Dude, you're bound to pass out by mis... Like, hello, do you know what ammonia and bleach is? Like, come on. Yeah, it makes (laughs) you pass out. He and all his siblings have been molested, mostly by the randoms his parents would do crack with at night. Now back to 2017. Good God. Uh, Yeah. I grew used to the toxic behavior in his home. The yelling, the screaming, the breaking things. He lived with his parents. Side note. Police were often called once on me just for being there. Well, that's nice. Mm -hmm. He and his mother got into a screaming match once. We left to go to his sister so he could cool off. As we sat in her driveway... Talking before entering, he pulled the pieces to her breathing treatment machine out of his pockets and promptly said, I hope she survives without this. She often had to use it during her drunken rages. Oh, God. Wow. I witnessed him drag his mother, while drunk of course, by her ponytail, kicking and screaming down the hallway for calling me an N-word. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. He also broke his brother's, who also lives there, jaw for coming at him with a box cutter. Well, when he's raised the way he's raised, that's what he knows. Like, I'm not making an excuse for him. He doesn't, he literally doesn't know better. This is what normal life is for him. Right? That's what we do. We scream and yell and hurt people. mm -hmm. When that's how you're treated as a kid, that's normally nine times out of ten, that's what people turn around to do. Um, Is that your official armchair diagnosis? Armchair diagnosis. Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. The mother has injured herself several times in a drunken state, at times badly. She once had a gash so deep in her chin that you could see the bone. She left the hospital because they said, or because she said they were taking too long. She came home and promptly put it back together with liquid Band-Aid. She is also missing the tip of one of her fingers and has no idea how it happened. He wanted to escape the toxic environment and thought it would be great for us to move in together. Maybe he wouldn't be so angry all the time once all those people were no longer around. The start, as always, was great. He worked. I stayed home and took care of the house. Homemaking is something I prefer, so I was in my element. A few weeks in, 
was when he became angry. Our house was constantly immaculate. I was literally at home the majority of the day. He began to say that we lived in a pigsty. Nothing I did was ever good enough or quick enough. He began to compare me to all other women he liked on social media or TV. For example, if there was a woman he found attractive on TV, he would tell me in a great detail what he liked about her and then start on, start in on exactly what he didn't like about me. I began to become severely self-conscious, as, as, as you, you would, do, like, like you do. <laughs> Always wearing hats or any sorts of clothing that would cover me. Then came the day that he cut my hair. What the uh -huh. fuck? I've always worn a short haircut for a great majority of the past seven years. Around this time, I had decided to grow my hair out in an effort to get braids. He hated it. And he let me know that all, oh, he let me know that all the time. I was constantly told how nappy and disgusting my hair was. Uh, what a dick. Fucking butthole. He finally convinced me to let him cut it. He had been actually cutting my hair the entire time we'd been together and did it rather well. Well, this time he purposely butchered my hair as a form oh, of punishment for the idea of growing my hair out. Gaps everywhere. Blades in some spots. He found it hilarious. I became completely isolated. My family was not allowed at our home unless I was to sneak them in there while he was at work. And the two good friends that I had weren't allowed in the house because according to him, they were whores and they stole. Hmm. On days that I made him especially mad, I was locked out of our bedroom and forced to sleep on the leather couch. The catch was that I had to do this with no blanket and no pillow. Oh, God. He would take the heating fans that we had gotten when it was cold and place them in our bedroom and in my, and in my daughter's and set the thermostat at about 50 or below. Oh, my God. I've been made to sleep in a pitch black laundry room. I've been backed into corners. He would continuously raise his hand at me until I flinched. Now to the paranormal. When he began to get angry in the first place, I started to notice little things around the house. Certain things would go missing. Something would be somewhere. I knew I had left it. And then poof, gone. But I just associated it with being absent-minded or misplacing something. Eventually, it became worse. Things of importance to him would go missing. Once, We once lost his car keys for three days, only to discover them neatly placed in the center of our dresser on the third day. A rosary his father had given him went, went missing. We came home one day to find the beads all over the living room floor, like someone had just pulled, pulled it and let them go flying. The voices. At his angriest, literal voices would be coming through the wall, murmurs. He would hear them, too. He would go into his game room, put on his headphones, and ignore it. Or at times, leave me home alone, terrified. The final straw... I'm in the kitchen cooking. He walks in, staring down at his phone. He asks, how does he go about getting a gun permit in our state? Not really thinking, I told him. I asked him what he needed a gun for. He puts his fingers to my forehead and said, just in case I acted crazy. That was it. I was done. <laughs> I began to execute my plan to leave. The next day, I was outside on the phone with a friend. He hated this. When I came in, he called me to his game room to question who I was talking to and what about. 
Something came over me that made me back away from here. I was terrified all of a sudden. I began to execute my plan to leave. The next day, I was outside on the phone with a friend. He hated this. When I came in, he called me into his game room to question who I was talking to and what about. Something came over me that made me fight back. Oh, that made me back away from here. I was terrified all of a sudden. As I backed away, he told me, get back here. You know I hate it when you walk away from me. I told him I was scared. He said, completely stone-faced. I watched my father beat the shit out of my mother for 15 years, and it rubbed off on me. You're lucky you met me when you did. He stared at me right in the eyes, as if looking in, looking into me, not blinking. The house was painfully quiet, deafening. His face was different. It looked like him, but different. I was terrified. I ran out of the house into the driveway. When I finally got the courage to go back into the house, it was filled with noise prior to the incident, the sound of the video games, the living room, TV, etc., we lasted three months in that house. I left first. He left shortly after and moved back to his home state. Those three months were hell. I never figured out whether it was from him, the house, or a combo, but I survived. Maybe a little bit of both. For real. Well, Catch him. Kill him. Sound familiar? You know what I mean? Like when you take somebody that might al- might already be a little bit disturbed and have like emotional issues and mm-hmm. then put them in a place where there's a very negative aggressive energy catch them kill them and that's uh, uh, sounds like that's kind of what saved her though cuz he's like fuck this place you know i'm going to go i'm out so now they're apart but goddamn what a fucking scary fuck i don't like him not even a little bit. That just sucked. That sucks for him. Not that doesn't that came out the wrong way. But like his upbringing, it sucks that people are like that and raise kids in that. And fuck, they don't give him a chance in the world to be a decent human. And they don't give a shit because they're in such a drug state or, you know. That they don't... A what? Drug state. A drug state. Drug state. It's a thing. Drug addled? That was the word I was looking for. Because I think you fucking forgot half your sentence. I did. And I, I was just going to go on and pretend oh, like that. it was there. Maybe it's people... It's a hecticopter. <laughs> Maybe people heard it in their brain when I said it, and so they would just bypass the fact that I didn't actually say... It's fine. Don't worry. You know what I mean. It's fine. Don't even worry about it. So perhaps... Live with somebody for four seasons. If you're in a bad situation. Get out. Get out. There's always call, options. Call. Call for help. Ask for help. Ask for help. Don't let them think the that unlikeliest, you're... The unlikeliest of fucking people will come to your aid. Yeah. All you got to do is ask. It doesn't matter who you... Like, if you need to tell somebody at work and just say, dude, I don't know what to do, but this is where I'm at. Please help. Yeah. Don't feel like Go you're to a church. Trapped. Go to, there are people that don't know you, that don't care what you've done, where you've been, and they're willing to help you, I promise. And if you feel like you've deserved, you deserve what you're getting, and so you need to stay there, you're wrong. Get out. (laughs) Of of all the things you might be wrong about, you're wrongest about that. You're very wrong about that. Nobody deserves that. No. Except for child rapists and whatnot, but, you know. 
And maybe stay, stay out, out of chalk, chalk lines. lines. Goodbye. Hey, oh, wow. That was a good ending. <laughs> <laughs>